0: It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years.
1: Dr. Mara Karpel and Your Golden Years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And today is Sunday, April the 18th, 2021, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel. And I hope that you're all staying safe wherever you are. We have a great program in store for you this evening and Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make the show run smoothly as usual. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from Vancouver by Colin Milner, CEO of the International Council on... He's joining us to discuss aging well and navigating the new normal. And also part of our segment on Texas businesses who continue to keep us safe during the pandemic, will be joined by Tamara Johnson, owner of Enzo Apothecary in Fort Worth, Texas. And Austin artist Greta Olivas will be our guest artist once again. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. My email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L. And you can hear this evening, pro this again, by going to my website and the link to the podcast, along with any website links that we discuss on this program, will be posted later tonight. And you can also hear the podcast in five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's blog slash Your Golden Years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. For information from previous programs, to listen to all of the shows that we've done since we've been on Blog Talk Radio for the past seven plus years, You can go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash years. And all of those shows are also on Apple Podcasts. And for upcoming programs and upcoming events, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Maricarpel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is sponsored, is produced by, sorry, it's produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And we're gonna take a brief break, but don't go anywhere, it's gonna be a very brief break. And when we come back, we'll be joined right here on the phone by Colin Milner, CEO of the International Council on Active Aging, to discuss aging well and navigating the new normal. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back.
2: Super
0: psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Dr. Mera's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpel and your Golden Years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are
2: back.
1: If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Corpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone is the CEO of the International Council on Active Aging, Colin Milner. Welcome, Colin.
3: Well, thank you for having me today, Mara. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
1: Yeah, same here. And I just want to mention so it doesn't trip us up and also for listeners they understand there's a slight delay like one or two seconds when we talk like this. So if we know if we're not aware of it it can trip us up. So so you're up in Vancouver, aren't you?
3: Well, I am. I'm in uh, the the city that uh, a lot of people say is a, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I enjoy it because it rains. And when it rains, it makes it green. And when it's green, it's just a wonderful place to be. So, uh, And it's a beautiful sunny day today. Uh, so everything is perfect for our conversation.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've only seen pictures. I'm going to have to make it up there one day. It looks. Beautiful. Um, so, why don't we start off with um, a discussion about your background, so we, the listeners can, can know who you are before we jump into the topic.
3: Sure, uh, you know, I, I started my career 41 years ago in the health and fitness field. Uh, You know, I I originally was going to become a professional soccer player. That was my passion and uh, trained and uh, went down to Jamaica, which is where I'm from originally, and came back uh, carrying uh, an additional 30 pounds and had to get it off before my professional tryout. So I went to a fitness club and joined them and had a wonderful time and uh, the owner there Offered me a job, and of course, you know, as a professional athlete, either you make money or you don't. And I happened to be one of those that wasn't. Uh, So I I took the job, and uh, you know, forty-one years later, I'm still doing the same thing, trying to help people to uh, live a better quality of life, uh, and recognizing the different things that they can do to actually achieve that, and helping organizations. Uh, to fulfill their role in helping us to change the way we age and the way we view aging uh, mm-hmm. as the CEO of the International Council on Active Aging. You know, in between all of that, I, you know, uh, I've had a diverse background as you know, um, COO of the Kaiser Institute in Aging and uh, it, president of uh, Idea Health and Fitness Association and, and other groups like that. But it all built to today where we are looking at how to live a better quality of life longer.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorite topics. So, <laughs> perfect. Um, so,
3: what
1: what is the International Council on Active Aging?
3: So, the International Council on Active Aging is an industry association. We are found in 57 countries around the world. We have 10,000 organizations that belong to us, and what they come to us for is one thing, and that is to look for the market intelligence on how to better serve their older population. And depending where you are and what market you're in, the definition of older is certainly uh, very fluid today. Um, but no matter what your age, these organizations are looking at how they can provide better services, uh, better facilities, better programs to help people to, you know, become stronger, uh, especially in the midst of COVID-19, to become more socially engaged, to manage their emotional health, and, and on and on. So that one thing that we focus on actually impacts Everything and everything impacts it.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, let's talk about COVID because this is, you know, it's it's been going on and on, right? Um, you know, what are some of the things that you have seen out there, and you know, working directly in active aging, um, in terms of how it's affects how it's affected the aging population.
3: Well, I think the, its effect is is traumatic. Um, if you look at it, I'll give you a personal example. Yeah, you know, My mother is 83 and my grandmother is 109. Both of them, wow. uh, yeah, pretty incredible, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. And both of them live in a senior living community. And uh, my mother has been... Literally, for the most part, locked down for over a year in three months now and if mm-hmm. you think about the impact that that has on things like your independence uh social isolation, mental health, cognitive decline, potentially a lot of people have also uh, become addicted, whether it's to alcohol drugs. Uh, inactivity, uh, you know, loneliness, uh, all of these different things, uh, reduction in physical abilities, and probably one of the key ones is fear that has come out of all of this. So, you know, the question is how do we manage that? How do we help people to actually reclaim their health and well-being at a time where it is becoming diminished because of COVID-19 and because everybody is being told that they are the most vulnerable population and that they shouldn't be doing anything, which is kind of a mm-hmm. disservice to many extremely healthy, fit, engaged older adults.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Well, you know, um, many of them have received the vaccine, at least here in the U.S. That was the first group that was... Vaccinated, so it seems like they should be uh, able to get back to some of those more social activities. They um, should.
3: They should. You know, the challenge is that many people still have fear, you know, fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. fear of leaving their apartment because if they do catch something, uh, it could be uh, deadly for many. So I think we, you know we have a certain level of emotional trauma that is impacting things. But you're correct. Uh, Especially in the senior living communities, uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: many, many of the individuals have been vaccinated. The biggest challenge is uh, getting all the staff to be vaccinated. And, And then when you talk about the general community at large, well, because I'm vaccinated doesn't make me 100% safe. I have a friend of mine who's been received two vaccines and has actually also caught COVID-19. So, you know, right. it, that's very rare, but the reality is is that I think that that fair part of things is going to take a little while for some people to get over and to mm-hmm. You know to find new aspirations and how to access the tools that will help them to fulfill those.
1: Right, right. No, I agree. I agree. My mom's an, also in a senior community. She's ninety-two, so uh, I, I, you know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> she had COVID. She's in New oh. York, and she had she caught it when New York was the epicenter. Um, And she was very lucky. She didn't get very sick. uh, Well, a lot of her neighbors did. So, um, yeah. She's very lucky. Very, yeah. Um, But, you know, I can see the isolation that you're talking about. You know, she's, you know, that's her. She's very, she's a social butterfly normally. So this has been really difficult. Um,
3: well, the so world has had the, to pivot, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, as you know, the older you get, the harder it is to pivot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that very true. But... Sometimes you have no choice, and uh, uh, unfortunately, in the midst of a pandemic, we're finding that a lot of people are embracing things that, uh, you know, like technology, that uh, many had not taken much time to learn in regards to uh, using that as a tool to stay connected. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's resistance, but that resistance goes away because, or at least for for many, it goes away rather rapidly when that becomes your only choice.
1: Right, right. So so what are some of the solutions that you have in mind or that you've seen?
3: Is that is that one of the
1: solutions, the technology?
3: Absolutely. Te- technology has been a big one. Uh, you know, uh, what has happened is that many of the things that we have done over the past years is now gone on, online, whether it is the ability to connect socially. You know, people are having parties, they are having book readings, they're having mm-hmm. uh, uh, all different kind of dinners, uh, movie nights, all of this through Zoom and other tools like that. They're challenging themselves Mentally and physically with uh, different tools out there. Uh, as an example, we've seen the rise of Peloton um, as a, mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. product, and you see other products now coming out there. Uh, the online or through different apps, uh, the ability to exercise exercise, uh, and no matter what age or functional level you are there's something out there for you you have the ability to travel the world through virtual reality Uh, you know so there's there's so many different options the the challenge is there's so many different options Uh, and i call it the bling effect and that is the 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 more bling you have out there the more difficult it is to figure out what you want to use and so I recommend that people just simply look at what do I really want to accomplish, not just, you know, the frills, but what do I really want to accomplish and what are the tools that are going to help me do that, both in person and online.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we're heading towards kind of sort of a semi-normal, right? Right. More people are getting vaccinated, and more things will be opening up before too yes. long. Um, what do you what do you predict, or what do you think will happen with the aging population as things open up? What do you, in this new normal? Because it's not going to be exactly how it was before.
3: No, far from it. Uh, I, I think that what we're going to see is an insatiable appetite to live. Uh, What we have seen over the last 13, 14, 15 months, uh, we have, as I like to say, we have looked into the COVID-19 abyss and seen what we don't want. Now Mm -hmm. the question is, what do we want? And I think most people want to live a better quality of life, have access, uh, to things that are going to help fulfill their aspirations and do that in a safe manner, even as we move forward i I think environments overall are going to change. I think that the well built uh environment or well built environment uh, housing uh you know construction for offices and Senior housing and all of these things will start to focus more and more in creating well environments because people are going to demand that, not ask for it. Mm-hmm. They're going to demand it.
1: Right, right. Because you know, once this is over, the well, you know, we we need to prepare for the next one, right?
3: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're exactly right. And you know what this has done is this has changed all the rules. So we have new mm-hmm. rules. We have a whole bunch of new industries that have been created and new products and new businesses, new programs, new ways of doing education all online now, uh, new kinds of places. We're doing a lot more things outdoors. So, you know, a lot of what is new is actually going to stay. The question is, are we doing that new all the time or does that become – part of what I do uh and I think for organizations it becomes part of what they do because it gives them a much broader reach for individuals I think that their their new normal will be doing what has been thought of the unattainable but in a different way than we traditionally have Mhm mhm yeah, I mean, I've seen some really great
1: things that have come out of this, right? The the ability to visit with people far away and um, a, a lot of virtual, you know, classes where that used to be in person, so now it opens it up to a lot more people, and I'm kind of hoping that it'll, you know, keep that option open, even if, even if they do have people in the class, um, that sort of thing, because, you know, it's not always accessible to get to.
3: No, and I think you're absolutely correct. I I think that all of this change is challenged by one thing, and that is the persistent ageism around aging. And what has Mm -hmm. happened during COVID-19 is that that has reared its head to a level that I haven't seen since I you know I've been around and uh, you know we need to find a way to put that genie back in the bottle because that is the limiting factor uh, whether it so, is self-ageism or age, ageism at a societal level
1: yeah. so what in particular are you are you referring to what do what did you see
3: Well, you think about a lot of the media or the politicians or the pundits who were literally saying, well, you know, older people are going to die anyway, so why are we giving – you know, why are we giving them, uh, (laughs) you know, the vaccines before people who should get it or that they – you know, they really are – why should we close down the uh, businesses because older adults – you know, well – They'll have their time on this earth, and they'll come and go, and uh, or that every single older adult is vulnerable, or that uh, the PEP and everything should go to the young because they're the future. Yeah, you know, all of those kinds of comments oh, right. that just kind of come right, right front oh. and center.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you there. I live in Texas.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Our own. Um politicians here have talked about how, you know, speaking for all retired people, saying that retired people would be willing to die early so that young people could get out and live a full life.
3: Uh, It's always great to, you know, for someone to say that until you turn around and say, okay, well, it's your turn.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, well, the comments on um, social media were like you first.
2: <laughs>
3: exactly. The point, the point is taken, and I will guarantee you the very few, if any, of them will step up and say, "Okay, take me."
2: Right.
1: <laughs> no, you have a very, very good point, and uh, but that's always been around, and I, and I guess it's just become much more blatant. Um. But I think we've sort of um, been uh, desensitized to blatant prejudice in all forms um, these days. So it it certainly wasn't a surprise to see ageism pop up so blatantly.
3: <laughs> no, and, you know, the definition, if you were to ask a lot of people, uh, you know, what do you think of um, – what comes to your mind when you think of old? you know a lot of people still today think frail, burden, dependent, as opposed to a new chapter, highly engaged, learning new things, mm-hmm. enjoying new experiences, contributing to society, so our perceptions versus reality are a little bit distorted and you know our language around what it means to get older needs to change as is as it is supported by the science where we now have all of this incredible human potential that we haven't tapped into and you know my fear is that the ageism that surrounds all of us will diminish this incredible gift that we all can take to live a better quality of life by having people saying, oh, I can't do that because I'm told that this is not something I do if I'm older.
1: Right, right. And, and you're right because there's been a lot of research actually that shows that people who have that mindset that when you get old you become sick and frail tend to become sick and frail much faster than people who who think they're going to live a long and active life.
3: Absolutely. 7.6 years, that mentality can mm-hmm. take off of your life. And uh, there was a research study that came out just a few months ago that showed it's not just the individual taking it off of their life, but it's also their impact on their spouse. So if you look at uh, aging in a negative manner, you are less likely to support your spouse and to actually help your spouse in a caregiving role versus someone Mm. that looks at it through a positive lens. So the upside to society as a whole to embrace the fact that we have this huge amount of people who are getting older but still have this great ability to contribute is serving everyone and not just a small segment of the population.
2: Hmm.
1: So, so in other words, they're less likely to step up as a caregiver? Is yep. that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't kind of that. scary. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> So, so what are your recommendations? What, what, do you, what do you propose both, I guess, for uh, people in the industry and also listeners who are, who are getting older and um, are concerned with this change and the way things are done now that we've been through this lockdown pandemic?
3: I think the first thing is it's a new day. And every new day, all the rules go back to zero. So think about your life as almost starting with zero and going, what do I want to accomplish? How am I going to do that? And what do I have to have access to and work backwards? So let's say, for instance, you want to think a year from now, I want to accomplish I wanted to I want to climb the Great Wall of China. Let's just use that as an example. Uh you know, uh-huh. and I've done that and I can tell you that you need to be pretty fit to be able to do that. So if you okay. if, if that's your goal, then you need to set out how you're going to do that. And uh, you know, uh now uh, with being vaccinated, you may be able to now start traveling. Uh but If you are not healthy and fit and you do happen to go to China to uh, climb the Great Wall of China, you won't be able to enjoy it. So figure out your aspiration and then create a strategy to fulfill that. You know, today, Dr. Sarah Harper, the director at Oxford Institute in Aging, uh, actually talks about individuals 70 and 80 that we shouldn't, consider ourselves or their selves as old because individuals seventy and 80s and in their 80s are really active adults until the point in time where they are in great need of assistance because of frailty. And at that stage, that is when we should start considering ourselves as old. And that is towards the very end of our life. The rest of it is that we are active adults, the question is how active, and that becomes your choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about any particular um, um, technology or virtual... Um, destinations that might help people to sort of get back to um, socializing um, until they can actually get around people
3: uh, well I think there if, if I was to make recommendations to people I would say there are four things you want to do number one is you want to regain if you have already lost uh, some of your strength and your cardio capacity, your fitness level and mm-hmm. functional abilities. Um, and you want to make sure that you've got good, healthy uh, legs strong legs and the reason for strong legs is it's just like the roots of a tree you need your legs to be able to do an awful lot of things whether it's to go for groceries or play with your grandkids or what have you and you know unfortunately one out of 3 people over the age of 65 fall every year and a lot of it is because of uh, they're not solid uh in, mm-hmm. in in their strength and in their stability so I would focus one on regaining what you may have lost during the uh pandemic and still the pandemic don't forget that uh but I would focus on really becoming uh, fitter and healthier. I would utilize uh, you know tools that can like Zoom and WhatsApp and FaceTime and all of these things that we all know are there to have conversations with multiple people at once, not just one person, but, you know, literally bring together groups. You could have a a book uh, reading group where someone reads and then everybody talks about it. Uh, You know, the the simple things of life are what we are missing right now. And how do you Mm -hmm. bring those simple things back in, like functioning, like connection, and, you know, uh, you can travel the world by going out and getting uh, a simple virtual reality headset and download some of the software that goes with it and the programs that they have and immerse yourself in a virtual world that you can travel. Uh, yes, it's not the same as the real world, but i got to tell you, it's better than not.
2: Right. Right,
3: and then the last thing I would do, uh, and and that is, to me, uh, you can choose whatever product you want. But yeah, I have a Apple Watch, and it allows me, or I allow it, I'm not sure which one, to track the things I want to track, so I can see progress. Uh, Yeah, I was listening to uh, one of the researchers and out at the university of british columbia this past week and he was talking about how not having milestones right now and being in a world of uh uncertainty is creating things like brain fog where we feel like we're just lost and we can't remember things so you know have aspirations set yourself milestones to fulfill those aspirations so that you have goals and that you want to get up every day and you want to do things. And remember, doing all of that then will have an impact on your emotional health and your mental health Mm -hmm. and your cognitive health and all the other elements that will start to fall into place. It all starts with doing it as opposed to just thinking about it.
1: Right. I I love that. I love that. So, So, Colin, um, if listeners are interested in finding out more about you or about um, the um, council, how can they do that? What's the best way?
3: So the easiest way is just to visit our website at www.icaa.cc. Another thing that they can check out is uh, my new podcast called Rethink Aging. Uh, with Colin Milner, Rethink Aging With, and the website there is www.RethinkAging.co. And uh, those are two simple ways uh, on both of those websites. There's ways to also contact me, so if they'd like to reach out and contact me, and if they have any questions, I'm happy to answer them for them.
1: Great. Okay. I'm going to post all of that on my website post about this show um, later tonight. So if people didn't have their pen and paper ready, then they can just look at my website later tonight and it'll all be there. Um, Excellent. Great. So thank you so much for joining us this evening. This is really, this is really helpful and helpful. you know, maybe you'd like to come back sometime in the future after things do start to open up, and we can talk about, you know, the differences um, as things move along.
3: I would be happy to. Uh, you know, as as my as my mother, who is an extremely resilient woman, always says, "If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger." And I think that's where we are.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah, it's uh, a good point. <laughs> Well, you have a very good evening, and um, and let's stay in touch and enjoy beautiful Vancouver and the weather there.
3: Well, thank you so much, Mara. I really appreciate that. It's, it's nice to have a little bit of sun when uh, the world seems so dark.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care and stay safe.
3: Thanks so much. Bye now. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Maricarpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And if you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks, then you know that I've been highlighting businesses here in Texas who are continuing to keep us safe from this pandemic. Um, even after some of the restrictions have been listed. And so this week we're highlighting a business up in Fort Worth, um, Enzo Apothecary. And the owner and founder of Enzo Apothecary, Tamara Johnson, is joining us from Fort Worth on the phone. Welcome, Tamara. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for joining us. I just want to mention there's a slight delay when we talk like this, like one or two seconds. So it just kind of helps to keep that in mind.
4: Um, How are things up in Fort Worth? Everything is great. We actually hosted two amazing classes today. So we're happy that things are picking up and everyone's coming in to get their dose of Zen. Great. Great.
1: So So, Tamara, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Enzo Apothecary, what you do there, what services you provide, and what's unique about it?
4: Yeah, so um, I was inspired to start this concept because I wanted to redefine what self-care was to people, and I wanted to create a concept that allowed them to approach it from a holistic standpoint and where it's not just one thing. I think a lot of people have a limited view on that. You know, I think for most people the definition of self-care is a bubble bath, which it is, but my life really changed when I was able to not only change my diet, but also incorporate physical exercise and also manage my emotional well-being. And yoga checked all those boxes for me. So mm. um, create a modern apothecary that would also act as a holistic self-care boutique. So not only do we sell vegan skincare that I formulate and I handmade, um, we also offer yoga and meditation classes. And I'm happy to say that even though it's a little different for people, you know, our name is different, the concept is a little different, um, we are catching on. And especially right now, this concept is very valuable to people's lives.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. People are really in need of self-care at this point. Um, yes. So so can you give us a little bit about your
4: background? What led you
1: to, to opening Enzo so, of apothecary?
4: Um, and it broke up just a little bit. What, what led me to name it or?
1: Oh, to open it.
4: Oh, to open it. So I was dealing with some health care issues back in 2015. And, um, I was actually, it was recommended that I have a brain surgery and to start taking medication on a daily basis. And it was all, you know, my health, um, issues all stem from chronic stress. And I just didn't Mm -hmm. want to take, you know, something in my stomach just knew there was a better way. And, um, and that answer came to me. So I actually switched to a plant-based diet. Within three weeks, all of my um, health issues reversed. And then, wow. and then I, at the time, I'd always practice yoga, but I began to take it a little bit more seriously. And once I did that between, you know, adopting a plant-based diet as well as maintaining a, a regular yoga practice, it completely transformed my life. And that Mm -hmm. is what I for everyone else who was interested. So, it, you know, my life today is completely different than it was four years ago. And, um, you know, I attribute all of that to yoga. So I just wanted to present it to people in the way that it resonated with me. You know, what I'm really happy about is that um, myself, along with all the other instructors that are part of the ENSO family, we come to the mat with our authentic selves. And that is so relatable. You know, although we revere and we pay homage to what was done in the past, especially with us living in a pandemic, the need to be creative, the need to be versatile and the need to just really relate to everyone is very necessary right now. So we bring some vibrancy, authenticity and fun to the mat. And and so that's what I'm most excited about because people who wouldn't necessarily consider that a path. They're now coming to Enso and they're loving it. Mhm. hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's
4: great. That's great. I I, I really like the point that you just
1: made about authenticity because I think yoga kind of went sort of went off on a track <laughs> of being, <laughs> yes. you know, very commercialized. I would say, and there's a certain appearance. And, you know, certain clothes and all of this that kind of went with it. And, and I think it lost, like, its true meaning um, for a while. So it seems like you're kind of bringing
4: that back. Yes, I hope so. I'm very intentional on the images that we put out. I'm very intentional on the energy that we cultivate in the space. And, um, you know, I'll continue to protect that because I want everyone who walks through these doors to feel like they are part of a family. And, and anyone mm-hmm. who uses the products as well, that they feel the energy that was put into it. So it, everything is very intentional that we do.
1: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and the fact that you were able to reverse um, what was going on in your body through changing your diet. And, and reducing stress through yoga is just pretty
4: amazing. I know. We, we underestimate the power of keeping things simple. And it was just a little education on how powerful plants are. I think that we've just gotten disconnected, from, you know, from nature and the benefits that it can, can give us and deliver to us. And it's always here. That's one thing nature is. It's consistent. And so um, it's time for us to get back to that. And I was really happy because during the quarantine, I saw a big movement of everyone purchasing plants, starting gardens, you know, just embracing Mm -hmm. a life where you slow down. You kind of stop and smell the roses. And that's exactly what we do here. Um, I'm really happy because we even just started a plant club, which is so cool. It was um, great. By one of the instructors here who's like you know instead of spending all the money at the nursery everyone has a mature plant at home or know someone who has it so let's just share clippings of plants and just spread that energy around and it's just been really powerful.
1: That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
4: So so
1: what are you doing at Enzo that is keeping you all safe um, regarding the you know COVID? Yeah
4: so um we are definitely doing temperature checks at check-in. We are maintaining mm-hmm. a smaller class capacity, which we will actually continue to do that because I really love that, and I don't want that to change. Um, and we make sure to sanitize everything, every piece of equipment, every blanket, uh, the floors, um, anything that's used, blocks uh, between classes. Um, and, it's, you know, we have no more than two classes per day. So um, mm-hmm. that, that just helps. We also diffuse therapeutic-grade essential oils throughout the studio at all times, which keeps the air pure, helps, you know, um, start the detox process in the body and also heals your body on a cellular level, as well as helping with people's respiratory systems, which is much needed right now. So um, that and just having a calm, safe environment where people can come and socialize um, that is helping most of all, because everyone who comes to the door, they really miss human contact. hmm hmm so, so now you're up in Fort Worth. Um, where are you located in Fort Worth? So we are directly across the street from Texas Wesleyan University. Um, I'm excited. We're part of what's called the Rosedale Renaissance. So um, we're mm-hmm. on the front of a lot of amazing things that's happening in this community. And actually, we are neighbors to Black Coffee. I think you interviewed her recently, Miss Mia Ma. Yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, we're all a part of that. And it's really exciting. And that's what I love most because you know, coming from corporate America, I was in the financial sector and it was always about the numbers, you know, the demographics and what would work and what wouldn't. And I'm really happy to say that having a yoga studio in this community, demographic wise, number wise, if if you were just to be analytical, everyone would say it wouldn't work. And we've been embraced and welcomed with open arms because the community was ready and they wanted yoga um, in their community. They did not leave their community for yoga so very very happy that it's happened the way that it has and yeah. to see how we'll continue to grow
1: that's wonderful that's wonderful congratulations
4: thank so, you so if people are
1: interested in finding out more about Enzo Apothecary and, and looking at what you have there and the classes and the products what's the best way that
4: they can do that the best way is our website, which is com, as well as Facebook and Instagram, and we're at Inso Apothecary. So okay. you can find us, in, and the website will lead you to our social media. Okay, great. And I,
1: I'll be posting that on my website, um, the post about this show, so people can go there and they can find that right there. Okay. So, so- Thank you so much, Tamara, for joining us and for for talking about what you're doing and for doing what you're doing. Thank
4: you, and thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, you take care
1: and stay safe. (laughs) Same to you. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Have a good night. Mm Bye-bye. All right. So that is wonderful, and on that, note, We're going to go to our next guest, um, Austin artist Greta Oliva, who has been on the show, but not in a long time, and she's our guest artist. Welcome, Greta. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am good, sitting in my studio surrounded by work in progress, so that's a good thing. That's wonderful. I just want to remind you, Greta, that there's a slight delay when we talk like this. So it, it's good to know so it doesn't trip us up. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, so you know, for people who hadn't um, heard you when you were on the last time, which was, was a while ago, um, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Um, I... I've been, uh, I pretty much say that I've been an artist my, my whole life, but I was waiting to officially do it until I got older, I learned how to be an artist and all that. And uh, one day I met an artist and we started talking and I told him I wanted to be an artist and he asked me, well, why don't you just do it? It's like, well, I need to learn how to go about it and all that. He goes, no, no, no. If you want to be an artist, you just do it. Uh, and I was like, okay. Uh, but I don't even know where to start. He goes, well, just take a class, look at books, do whatever you need to. But if you want to be an artist, you just do it. So I started doing that probably now about 20 years ago. Uh slowly started painting Um teaching myself. I was drawing before that point, but not painting. And um, I joined a local art guild, uh, which helped me a lot with uh, meeting other peers and uh, getting into shows, learning the business part of it. Um, And uh, since then, I've actually had several shows. I've sold artwork. I've uh it's been three years now that i've quit my day job um mm-hmm. and uh i'm doing art um full time pretty much so yeah. yeah yeah and you know i've seen your artwork and it's beautiful um but maybe you can describe it to our listeners um i I usually describe it as um, energy. Uh, When people first look at my artwork, they think it looks cosmic or like outer space. But Mm -hmm. to me, it's more of um, the universe and our place within it. It's about energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about stories uh, through our growth. Um, I tell people that I don't know if my personal growth helped my art or if my art helped my personal growth, but I think it's both Uh uh, because I think they really intertwine. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there's usually, it might look like a pretty picture, but there's a deeper meaning in the painting. And I think most artists have that, but um, usually it's an energy in the painting that people pick up on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And most of your pieces are pretty large, aren't they? Um, actually, I have a big variety now uh, since okay. I've been kind of stuck at, uh, in a small home studio. I have okay. a lot of small five-by-seven type work that I do on paper to experiment. Uh, then at the moment, I have two 12 by 12s staring at me. And then I have a 30 by 40 and a 36 by 36 sitting in here as well. So I have a little bit of everything. So so in some ways, the the pandemic has changed your work a bit. Um yeah I think one of the big things has been that bear many a little bit more. Um, it's been really up and down with the pandemic. I've had moments where I'm really creative. I have moments that nothing comes to me. Um, and mm-hmm. I think everybody's had it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, but I just sure. recently uh, just watching other artists. I've seen different methods or techniques or mediums that they're using. And so it's. Uh, I started experimenting, which I just came out with um, a new technique that I'm doing, uh, some of the same style of art that I was doing, but I'm doing it with uh, these gel prints. Uh, it's like a gel... Hmm. Um, that I put paint on and it's basically like a press type thing but I don't need any equipment for it Um, and I'm using that to make collage paper and to do use in my paintings Um, so that's new Um, I've also started experimenting with some crackle paste which gives a lot of texture to the paintings and using resin on top of that to protect it. Uh-huh. And it gives it a really nice sheen. And um, I'm loving the way those are turning out. So, and they mm-hmm. seem to be pretty popular. So that's exciting. Right. So now that you can't, you know, because of the pandemic, there, you know, there are no gallery shows. Um, how are you showing your artwork? How are people seeing it? Uh, most of what I, did uh, last year I sold online, which I was surprised, um, along with some other artist friends, uh, we were surprised that people were still buying art, uh, mostly online. And um, I have had a few pieces, which I just dropped off also <clears throat> at a local small art gallery, um, that uh, carry some of my work, and they've been actually selling quite a few of my pieces. Mm. Um, But every big event that I had has canceled or postponed. Um, I was going to do a fair in Dallas, which got postponed three times now, and I've finally decided I think the universe is telling me I don't need to do that right now. So I Uh finally pulled out of it. Um, but um, yeah, between the local gallery and uh online um it's been pretty pretty good, so um I'm surprised and it's pleasantly surprised. uh I've also made yeah. a lot of connections with uh out of state and out of the country artists as well, uh which was has been great. Oh, that's great. Through, through virtual people getting on a computer more? Is that why? Is that how? Uh, I think so. Um, I belong to a group online that um, for art business, and we share a lot of information on how to learn how to promote our art. And uh, there was a small group of us that we decided to form an international group of artists. And we're kind of uh, promoting each other, started a website, did all that. And uh, we're starting some projects that we can do together. And we're like all over the world, several in the United States, but we have people in Australia, New Zealand, Spain, everywhere. So uh, that's been exciting. exciting.
2: But
1: but I think just being Mm -hmm. on Zoom calls, um, it's made the world a lot smaller with yeah. Its nine. yeah, that's great. And I think people, you know, through this pandemic really are looking for beauty. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that they're buying your artwork, because I think that people are looking for, you know, something really to make that makes them feel good. Yes, thank you, thank mm. you. yeah, I yeah. think uh one of the thoughts was that people were spending so much time at home that they started deciding, well, I need some new things on my walls, so right. maybe that, that was it that too but, right? yeah, yeah so if if listeners are interested in checking out your artwork, um how what's the best way that they can do that? Um, They can take a look at my website. It's under Greta Olivas. Um, Also, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm on there daily. Um, And everybody can find me just under my name. Also, links on my website. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. I have not put lots of things on there, but I do explain my process. Um I have uh samples of how I've done some of my work uh which has been fun um and uh but I usually will keep everyone posted on the latest happening definitely on Instagram. Um
2: okay. and I'm
1: there every day. So, yes. Okay, great. I'm going to post all of that on my website uh post about this show later tonight. So, um, if people didn't have their pen and paper ready, and they just want to go to my website later, they can find that all there. Um, so thank you, Greta, for, for coming back on the show, and um, it sounds like you know things are, have really been moving in exciting directions for you. So I think so too. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, and and we'll be in touch for sure. I'd love to hear what you're doing next. Okay, great. Thank you so okay. much. All right. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we've come to the end of another program, and before we go, I'm going to let you know what's happening next week. Um, next Sunday, April 25th, we'll be joined once again from Austin by Lauren Tarrant, RN co-founder of Well Beyond Care to discuss caregiving during this time and the changes that have occurred with the pandemic. And our guest artist, musician Rochelle Rabone joins us once again from Dallas, and this time she'll be here to talk about her new book. Um, The twins Minerva and Ruben in Bay of Benditas, Mexico, join us to talk about another Mexico travel destination and more, we will have more on that program. And if you want to hear tonight's show again and read the information, get the website links from the program, be sure to go to my website, d r m a r a k a r p e l dot com, And you can listen to this evening's program in five minutes by going directly to blogtalkradio, B-L-O-G, Talk talkradio.com, slash your golden years, or you can go to Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And special thanks to my guests, Colin Milner, Tamara Johnson of Enzo Apothecary, Greta Ovas, and of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring week, and remember... Youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.
2: the North now to survive. She owed so many people. She stayed alive. If you get in front of her path, she will. She'll eat you alive. It's the truth. You have a little trouble with your nose. Watch it change colors Like a rosy
3: glow If you see your face in the mirror When it's down on its side You better hide
2: You'll lose your hide And I'm going to show you
0: Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpel Is not intended to replace the advice Of your own physician or mental health specialist Neither Dr. Carpel, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.